Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your Fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, church family. How are you doing this morning? Guys, let's stand to our feet. We have something to celebrate today. Our choir is back in person today. Thank you, Jesus. So we just want to give God all the glory as we just praise him and worship him this morning. Come on, let's go. Is moving right now. 
He's just been so faithful. I can't get over it. I just look back at every, every battle that I was in, and even if you're facing one right now, if you look back and you remember what he's already done, you know that he's still faithful and that he's still good and that he can still do it even now, even now. It's all because of him. It's not by our power. It's not by our strength, but by his spirit. And so, man, I just, I just got to praise him. I just got to praise him for everything.
just all raise our hands to heaven right now? God's about to pour out his blessing. He's about to pour out his blessing. How many of you know he just, all he needs is for you to lift your hands and agree with him. And say, I'm ready, Jesus. I'm ready. I'm ready for that overflow. Amen. Come on and say this with us. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Sing it again. 
so he is for you. He's for you. Sometimes I think we think God might be mad at us or he might be disappointed in us or he might be upset with us because, you know, we mess up, we do stupid things. We all do. But that word says he is for you. So if he is for you, he's not mad at you. He loves you. He forgives you. He's for you. You are forgiven. You were redeemed. You're sanctified. You have a future and a hope and a heaven. He loves you so much. And you think about that. The creator of the universe is before you. He's for you. So whatever you're facing right now, whatever struggle, whatever hardship, whatever problem, the God of the universe, the creator of it all is for you. How can you, how can you fail? How can you be defeated? According to scripture, no weapon afforded me, uh, uh, formed against you will prosper. The devil's gonna launch all kinds of stuff at you, but you don't have to sweat it because he is for you. We love you, Lord. Thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you for being on our side. There's been times in our lives, Lord, where we felt maybe like we didn't have anybody on our side, but you always are. You always take care. You never fail. Thank you, God, for that. We love you so much. Let's tell him how much we love him this morning. Give him a praise offering as we end our worship time together. God's so good. All right, guys, you can make your way back to your seats as you're seated this morning. If you're a guest or a visitor here at Fellowship, we would love to have a record of you being here. And also, if you're visiting with us online, we'd also like to have you register with us here at Fellowship. It's super easy to do. You can just take your mobile phone and you text the word fellowship to 94,000. And when you do that, you'll receive some information from us. Be contacted uh, here in the near future from one of our staff. And then also be invited to one of our guest receptions that are coming up here in the near future as well, where you have an opportunity to meet some of us, get a tour of the facilities, and then just see how better you can get connected here at Fellowship. But we know that you could watch a lot of services this morning, or you could visit many services throughout this valley this morning, but you chose us. So thank you for that. Thank you for being a part of this family. It's a great family to be a part of, and God is just doing some awesome, awesome things. Well, we're going to continue to worship now with the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you guys have come prepared to give back today to the Lord. We've worshiped him with song. Now we're going to worship him with giving. Uh, super easy to give here. We actually don't uh, pass plates or buckets. Uh, you can give on the Church Center app. Many of you know how to do that. You take advantage of that. You can give on our website. You can drop off your tithe uh, or offering in uh, one of the drop boxes in the lobby. Or of course, you can always mail in your tithes or your offerings. Thank you so much uh, for your faithfulness with that. And let me say a prayer of blessing over you as you get ready to give this morning. Lord, we love you and do uh, understand that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And so, Lord, I pray now that as we give back to you, Lord, uh, that we do so with a cheerful heart and that, Lord, you would just bless us like only you can and let everything that comes in be to your uh, honor and glory and sufficient for your church's needs. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us a way that we can worship you in giving. And so, Lord, just bless us now as we do that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give. Well, hey, I don't know how many of you guys were able to come last Sunday night, but we had a party here of worship and, and it was just incredible. Uh, God bless. I, I, don't know that we've, I don't know that we've ever had that awesome of a worship experience uh, together and it was just incredible. We're gonna be doing that again here, uh, hopefully in the near future, um, but we'll have to uh, 
uh, see what we can schedule another one of those because I didn't want it to end. We went an hour and a half and I was just like, oh man, God was just moving in an incredible way. But isn't it awesome to have our choir back with us live? Yes, it's so cool. The videos were great and they were awesome, but man, there's nothing like having them all with us. So thank you guys so much for being a part of our worship service this morning. Also, uh, ShareFest was just this last weekend. So incredible. Thank you guys. Had so many volunteers that went out and were able to do projects, service projects throughout the valley. And uh, just, you know, the whole theme behind ShareFest is to sh- uh, just show the love of Christ in a practical way. And that was done throughout the valley. So for those of you guys that adopted projects, you have no idea what you did for those people and how you touch them. And God's uh, blessing uh, is going to be upon you for that. And you know, the Lord just smiles on us when we get to do those kind of things. So thank you so much for being a part of ShareFest this year. And here are a few other things that are happening here at Fellowship. Fellowship Church, our Rooted class is starting again on May 16th. The cost of this class is just $20 and it goes six weeks. This is an amazing opportunity for you to get connected in a way that you haven't maybe before, to make this big church seem a little bit smaller. We have seen amazing life groups come out of this, friendships, groups of people that are doing life together and it's been so amazing. So if you wanna learn a little bit more about what we believe here at his church, the next steps of being a Christian and what it means to follow Christ, sign up for this class on the Church Center app. We wanna let you know that we still offer personalized tithe envelopes. If you still send checks in the mail and you would like those, please call the church offices during the week and we'll get those sent out to you as soon as we can. We have our Super Kids Conference coming up July 18th through 20th. This is going to be an amazing opportunity. We have five fun-packed services where they're going to learn about God, grow closer to God, experience God in ways that they have never experienced Him before. We're also gonna have a ton of fun. We're gonna take the kids to get air. We're gonna take the kids to the Fruit of Rec Center. It is going to be a blast. So please sign up your kid on the Church Center app. The cost is $79 and we would love to see them there. Our choir has been so amazing over this last year, going all sorts of places to film these very special choir videos, but we are so excited after a year to finally have them back in the building. Enjoy this choir special. How many believers do we have in the house?
I want you to use your imagination and consider that somebody gave you a paid vacation. Not just any kind of vacation, we're talking Maui. And we're not just talking any kind of transportation, we're talking not coach in American Airlines, back by the bathroom, we're not talking first class. We're talking private jet charter. You're the only one on the plane. You have personal attention being given to you the whole way so that you don't have any worries about the flight. And when you get there, we're not just talking about any kind of accommodations either. We're not talking about just a hotel room. We're not even talking about the best resort on the island. We're talking about a mansion. And the owner of that mansion knew you were coming, so prepared every room, every piece of furniture, everything in the kitchen, everything in the refrigerator, just for you. And to up your interest just a little bit more, you can island hop all you want, go anywhere you want to go, see anything you want to see. It's all paid for. It's not going to cost you anything. Up your interest a little bit more. How many of you have grandparents that are in heaven? Would you raise your hand? Mm-hmm. How about parents that are in heaven? Would you raise your hand? How about a spouse that is in heaven? Would you raise your hand? How about siblings that are there? Would you raise your hand? How about friends? Would you raise your hand? Okay, here we go. They're there. And if you've ever miscarried a child, she's there. And they can't wait to see you. Now, you can't afford this kind of vacation, even though that you might be able to afford to go some very nice places. You'll never be able to spend enough money to go anywhere to see those loved ones anywhere on this planet ever again. So this trip, well, this trip is priceless. Now, there is a catch to this trip, and here it is. You don't know when it's going. So you have to prepare for it, even though it could happen at any moment. It could be today, tonight, it could be tomorrow, it could be next year. You just don't know. So preparation on your part is extremely important. And do you think you'd tell anybody about this trip? You think you might tell your, your friends, your family, even your boss, hey, I could go at any moment. I want you to know it's paid for. It's going to be awesome. I'm not going to miss it, so everybody better get ready because I'm out of here. Just as soon as I know it's my time to go, I'm gone because it's going to be awesome. Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you think the creator God of all of this world would create anything in this world that is temporary that would be nicer than what he created for his forever family that is eternal? Do you think God would make anything here that is beautiful and is wonderful and, and is so incredible to be able to experience and see that would be better than what he would create in heaven for you and I, his forever family? There was a pastor who tells a story how he was talking to one of his neighbors on occasion. The guy didn't really 
Uh, he didn't know the guy very well. The guy didn't really know him very well. But something came up with the pastor. He mentioned, you know, heaven or something about heaven. And the neighbor said, you know, I don't want to go to heaven. And the pastor was shocked and said, really? And the guy was like in his 50s. He said, really? Why not? He said, oh, I don't want to float around on a cloud and play a harp forever. <laughs> and he was kind of kidding, but then he kind of wasn't kidding. And then the pastor realized that this guy got his complete understanding as a grown-up man by watching Tom and Jerry cartoons when he was a kid. <laughs> you remember what I'm talking about? Somebody dying in that cartoon? What happened to him? Well, they ended up on a cloud playing a harp. Well, the Bible has a great deal to say about heaven, mentioned over 600 times in the Bible. Out of the 39 books in the Old Testament, 33 of those books talk about and mention heaven. Out of the 27 books in the New Testament, 21 of those books talk about and mention heaven. Heaven is everywhere in the Bible, and it is always on the horizon of every story and every event that you and I will ever read. Jesus himself spoke of heaven, spoke of eternal life, and spoke of his coming kingdom 192 verses in the four gospels at the beginning of the New Testament. So now, now, we want to be here as long as we possibly can. And when you start talking about heaven, people start getting nervous. Listen, we love this life. We love doing this life. This life is a gift. All of us want to grow up, be able to see our kids get married, be able to see our kids have kids, be able to see our kids' kids get married, and our kids' kids have kids. We all want to experience all of those wonderful things in every season of life. This life is a gift. We are to manage it. We are to enjoy it. Uh, we are to uh, be happy with what God has given us. But there is a reason why just talking about heaven can be very difficult for some people, especially younger people that might be listening or in the room. And here it is. There's a Sunday school teacher of a fifth grade class, and she was quizzing her class after talking to them about how they can go to heaven. And here's the questions that she asked her class. If I sold everything that I had, gave all my money to the poor, would that get me into heaven? And the whole class fifth grader said, no, they said. She said, well, then if I cleaned my house every day, if I mowed the yard, if I did all my chores without being told to, would that get me into heaven? And once again, all her kids in her class said, no. She tried again. Well, if I was kind to animals, if I was polite to all my friends, if I was nice to everybody that I meet, would that get me into heaven? And once again, all the kids at the same time said, no. Well, the teacher said, how then do I get into heaven? And a little boy that was kind of new to the class sitting in the very back yelled out, you have to be dead. <laughs> well, okay, that's true. If you are a born again child of God and Jesus doesn't come back and take you out of here before you die, the only way you can get into heaven is to be dead. So since the mortality rate is still 100%, I think it is really important that we know a little bit more about heaven than just what some people have learned in a Tom and Jerry cartoon. So what I want to do for the time that we have this morning as we talk about God's forever family, I want to talk to you about God's forever home for his family. 
And I want to answer some of the questions that have been asked over the years, asked to me personally, and then asked many times at funeral services, are just inquisitive about, when people are inquisitive about what is heaven, what's going on in heaven, what is heaven going to be like. So I want to answer some of them kind of quickly, and then I'll slow down, take a little bit more time on the, the ones that I have at the end of the message. And here's the first question. Is heaven a real place? Is heaven a real place? Do we got any Bible on that? Well, in John chapter 14, verse 2, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. That sounds real. And then he said, I go and prepare a what? A place. I go and prepare a place for you. So yes, heaven is not a dream. It is not a figment of an imagination. It is not something that we hope for to be able to get through different difficulties in life. Heaven is a real place. Now, how many heavens are there? The apostle Paul himself said, I was caught up when he had a vision, caught up into what he called it, the third heaven. Well, if we know the third heaven is where God's city is, the city of God and where God lives, then we have to understand that there must be then two other heavens. So what are these heavens the Bible talks about? Well, the first heaven is the atmospheric heaven. That is the air just above the earth where we fly our airplanes. So that is the first heaven or the atmospheric heaven. The second heaven is the celestial heaven. The celestial heaven, as we know, is where the stars are, the sun and the moon. That would be the second heaven. And then the third heaven where Paul talked about him being caught up is where God is. And yes, Heaven is a real place. Is the atmosphere right above this earth real? Can you see it? Right. Are the stars, the sun, and the moon, are they real? Can you see them? So is this third heaven where God lives. It is a real place according to God. Now, here's the second question. Where is it? Where is heaven? Well, the Bible says it's up. A little confusion to that. Up to us here in Grand Junction, Colorado, might be different from those that are in China. Up on a right angle from different spots on this planet goes a different direction from those of us that might be somewhere else. In the book of Isaiah, I think it's chapter 6, the writer says that heaven, or they will ascend to the heaven which is the northest point of the sky. Well, what star do we know of that always is north no matter where you are on the planet? It's the North Star. Many theologians believe that heaven is somewhere way above where that North Star is. Now, do we know that for a fact? Absolutely not. We don't know that. What we do know is heaven. Where is it? We know it's up. That's how much we know about it. Here's the next question. Will heaven be boring? <laughs> Will heaven be boring? There are a lot of people that believe that heaven's just going to be one long, boring church service <laughs> that you can never get out of. And it's eternity and a day like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day, so you're going to be there like a really long time. Well, here's some news for you, those of you that, 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 that need this. There's no preaching in heaven. Yeah, all would have been the right response. No, woo. <laughs> You know what there is in heaven? Singing and worship and stuff like what we had this morning, but times millions of voices. Heaven is not a boring place. God is not boring. 
And he loves you, and he created a place for you. And when he created a place for those of us he loves, that place that he created for us is not boring. It is not going to be less than what you and I experience on this earth. On this earth, we have different things that bring us joy, different things that bring us happiness, different things that are exciting. There's not going to be less excitement in heaven, less joy in heaven, less journey in heaven, less experience in heaven, but there's going to be more of it. You see, here, we can only go so many places in a day. Now, for those of you who are listening online, just kind of indulge with me for a minute. Those of us that are here live in Grand Junction, Colorado. It is a valley. We have mountains all around us. And in a day, you can only go so many places. And they are beautiful places. You can go to the taste of wine in the vineyards of Palisade. You can go down to Montrose, walk Main Street, hit a coffee shop, and have coffee in Montrose. You can drive over the beautiful Grand Mesa again. You can drive over the Colorado National Monument again. You can drive out to Fruta. You can drive out to Mac. You can drive out to Loma all in a day. You can go to Hotchkiss, you can go to Cedar Edge, you can go to some beautiful places and do some wonderful things again. But you can only do those things so many times. And after you've lived in this place for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you've seen it. And one more drive around Grand Junction looks just like the last drive you made around Grand Junction. Am I right? So imagine this. Hey, Anna, let's go visit that planet. Hey, Anna, let's go touch that star. Hey, guys, let's go visit that galaxy. We hadn't been to that galaxy lately. And you can do all of it at the speed of thought. Not slowly in a car at $3 per gallon of gas. The Bible teaches us when we get to heaven, we are going to be able to move and travel just the same way that Jesus did after his, he was in his resurrected body. The Bible tells us that we are going to be living in heaven, which is a beautiful place described, the city of God described in Revelation chapter 21 as a wonderful, incredible place. But it, that's a city in heaven. It is not uh, a place where we, we just stay, but it's a place where you and I have the ability to do and travel just like Jesus did in his glorified body. Heaven is not boring. Heaven is a place where we will never run out of things to do. And many people say, well, what are you going to do in heaven? I'm going to do whatever my father wants me to do, but I'm going to do it accurately. You know, when we are here, we have our grandkids over at the house and and we love them to come over. And sometimes when they come over, we can tell they're tired from school, got a lot of homework. So you guys want a lazy night? Sit around, eat popcorn, watch a movie, do something like that. Yeah, Grandpa, Papa, you, you want to play board games at the table? Want to play a little, little bit of dominoes at the table? Want to play catchphrase? Grand and I whoop you up in catchphrase. You want to play catchphrase? They got that sister sister thing working, which is weird. But Grand and I still play them in catchphrase. Or do you want to go somewhere? You want to get out and play a little golf? You want to go sit down the street and take a bike ride? What do you all want to do? Because we love them. The last thing that our kids, are, grandkids are going to be when they come to our house is bored. Our Heavenly Father loves us with perfect love. He created all these wonderful things, and he created them for you and I. And here's the next question. 
This one will get you in trouble. Are there pets in heaven? Are there pets in heaven? Well, this might shock some of you. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 16, in the thousand year millennial reign, here's the animals that are mentioned, right? A wolf, a lamb, a baby goat, a calf, a leopard, and a lion. And then I'm quoting this scripture, and a little child will lead them all. When Elisha was surrounded by an enemy and his servant was concerned and worried about you know, whether or not they were gonna get out of it, Elisha said to the father, would you open his eyes that he can see? And he opened his eyes and he saw horses pulling fiery chariots that were surrounding them. In the same vision where John describes the city of God in, in Revelation chapter 21, in Revelation 19, the Bible said that Jesus returns riding a what? In this white horse. And in the same passage it says, and there was a vast army of, hev of heavenly beings that rode also what? White horses. There's a little girl in California who heard her pastor trying to talk about whether or not there'd be animals in heaven, and uh, she wrote her pastor this note. This is a true story. She wrote her pastor. She said, if there are horses in heaven, then there has to be dogs and cats too, period. <laughs> well, I'm not going to argue with that. You want to argue with that? Here's the next question. Will we recognize each other in heaven? I think that's kind of important, don't you? I mean, after we've done life and a marriage and a family, raised kids, had brothers and sisters, parents, grandparents, friends, church members, we recognize each other. We're just going to float around like a spirit right past mama and not even know it was her. Well, the Bible says, yes, we will. In Matthew chapter 17, there's a perfect picture of this at the, Mount, uh, the, the story of the Mount of Transfiguration. The Bible says Jesus watched uh, uh, Simon Peter watched Jesus go up onto this little mount area. He, he kind of transformed into, uh, he, he, he just kind of lit up. He was just sh very, uh, just shiny and the sun just kind of bouncing off of him. And, and when he saw this, the Bible said that there were two people that appeared with him from heaven. And this is who he said it was. It was Moses and Elijah. Now, Simon Peter was from the New Testament. He had never met Moses and Elijah. They were from the Old Testament, born and lived hundreds of years before Simon Peter. Yet Simon Peter recognized who Moses and Elijah were. Jesus came out of the grave. Mary recognized him. Not immediately, but when he spoke, Mary knew exactly who he was. And we are not going to know less here on, in heaven than what, we, than what we know here on earth. We will know each other in heaven. For those of you that have miscarried a child, my sister miscarried too. And it is a very devastating thing, especially if you don't have any other children prior to that child. But it's a devastating thing anyway. Now, if you are like me and you believe that life begins at the moment of conception, then that baby is as viable a person than anyone else that has ever lived. And therefore, they will be in heaven. And yes, you will know them. And they will know you. And they can't wait to meet you.
Have you ever thought about this? <clears throat> What's our Savior going to look like when he gets into heaven? You say, well, I'm sure he's going to just look like Jesus. You know the paintings. We've all seen them. Well, the question that I have for you is that what form of Jesus will he look like? You know, when Jesus was in heaven before he came to this earth, he did not look like baby Jesus in a manger. He didn't look like teenager Jesus. He didn't look like 33-year-old Jesus. When Jesus was in heaven as the Son of God, who has never had a beginning but always existed, what did he look like then? Now, the question that I have for you is after he came to this earth, when he went back to heaven, what form did he take? The same body, Jesus, that left the cross and came out of the grave? Or will he go back to that Son of God spirit on the right hand of the Heavenly Father? Well, the answer to that is Jesus is in heaven in his resurrection body. Because when he left and ascended into heaven, the angel appeared to the disciples and said, this same Jesus will come in like manner. One writer puts it this way, God loves humanity so much that he allows his own son to remain in his, at his right hand in his human body. Will he still have his scars? Absolutely. The Bible said this same Jesus, what same Jesus? The one that had the scars in his hand, the hole in his side? You know, one theologian says that the only person in heaven that will bear scars will be Christ that no one else will bear any scars in their body when they get to heaven. The theologian puts it this way, you will never have a reminder in heaven on you that bears any memory of any pain that you experienced on this earth. Wow. I can't get into all that right now because we've got to keep moving. Here's another one. Well, if we recognize each other, what would our bodies be like? That's kind of important. I mean, we live this whole earth kind of thinking about what our body's going to be like. What are we going to eat? Get a little older, you got to work out twice as hard just to maintain what you used to have in your 20s and 30s. That's not fair. <laughs> so what is our bodies going to be like? Well, the Bible says our bodies, are you ready for this, are going to be like Jesus. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, but recognizable is who you are. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2 said, but we know that we will be like him for we will see him as he really is. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 49 says, just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. What does that mean? Body by Jesus. That's what it means. We're going to have a body like Jesus. To understand it, we have to look at his life on the 40 days that he lived on this planet or was on this planet after his resurrection from the, from the grave to the time that he ascended into heaven. And if you look at those 40 days and see his experiences here, we can see what our bodies are going to be like when we die and we go to heaven and our bodies are resurrected. And here's the first thing that you need to know about your body. It is going to be a real body. You're not just going to float around in heaven like a spirit. Luke chapter 24, verse 39 says this, look at my hands. This is Jesus talking, look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me. Make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts can't have bodies as you see that I do. So your resurrected body will be a body like Christ's resurrected body. It is a real body. Second thing that we notice in this time frame, that Jesus ate 
on two occasions in that resurrected body. We see that in John chapter 24. He appears to the disciples, and this is the first thing that he asks them. Do you have anything to eat here? That's a quote. Do you have anything to eat here? And the disciples said, we got broiled fish. And the Bible says in the next verse, he took it and they watched him eat it. In John chapter 21, the third time that he appeared to the disciples, he appeared on the side of a, a lake. And when he appeared to them, he had prepared for them breakfast. And the Bible says that he not only prepared it, he served, he sat down and he enjoyed breakfast with them. So it'll be a real body. It'll be able to eat, thank God, without calories, putting fat on you. You know, I'm sure in heaven, no fat. Uh, and then here's the third thing. It'll be touchable and it'll be huggable. You go, I gotta have a verse on that. I'm glad to give it to you. John chapter 20, verse 17. When Jesus came out of the grave, he met Mary. When Mary knew who he was, Mary called out to him and then Jesus said, don't cling to me. I haven't gone to my father yet. Now think about that. I wouldn't say don't cling to me if you're sitting over there. But I would only say don't cling to me if you're what? Clinging to me. And the reason why Jesus did not want her to cling to him because he'd not yet presented himself to the Heavenly Father after he came out of the grave. And then he said, Mary, go tell him that you saw me. Uh, I'm gonna go send to my father. I'll be right back. 10 verses later, he appears to the disciples. And after he ascended to God and came back, he said in John chapter 20 and verse 27, Touch me, handle me. We have, we'll have a body that is touchable. We will have a body that is huggable. And the same Jesus they knew before he died is the same Jesus they knew once he resurrected. It is a real body that could be recognized, that can eat, and that can be hugged. Well, I don't know how many months I've been reading and studying on the topic of heaven, probably two, three, maybe even four of the last months. I have read a lot of information on heaven. I've read a lot of information on what life's going to be like when we die, what, what life's going to be like when we see each other again, what my parents might be doing up there, what you guys' loved ones are doing there. And um, let me tell you what I know. I know a lot less than what I actually know. And many of you might say, well, you know, the more I hear and the more I think and the more I try to imagine, the more confused I get. And really, when I think about heaven, I have, still have more questions than I have answers. And for you and me, the verse we need to throw that into is this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. That is what the scripture means when it says, no eye is seen, no ear is heard, no mind can imagine. But God has prepared for those who love him. Here, here's the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the truth. As hard as you try to be able to figure out what your eternal life and God's forever home is going to be for you, you're going to miss it. And you're going to miss it by a long shot. If you think it is going to be awesome and incredible, it's going to be a trillion times more than that. Your mind does not have the capacity to be able to take in what a wonderful eternity that God has given for those of us who has trusted his son as our Lord and as our Savior. And I think that's the key, isn't it? Because it all boils down to that word trust. 
There may be a lot of things that I don't understand about the future and eternity, but the truth is I trust God. I don't have to understand everything to trust him. I don't have to figure everything out. The bottom line is I just trust him. And there are a few things that I know without a shadow of a doubt and I will never waver on. And the first is this. It's my father's house. It's my father's house. I will always be welcome at my father's house. There's always going to be something to eat at my father's house. I will never be turned away at my father's house. I will never be mistreated at my father's house. I have an inheritance involving my father's house. It's my father's house. Second thing I know is my Jesus is there. The one who paid for the trip. The one who made all this this, uh, possible. My Lord and my Savior is there. And I can't wait to see him. Here's one more thing that I know. My loved ones are there. And your loved ones are there. So when you get there, there'll be hugs. And when you get there, there'll be greetings. And when you get there, there will be no more pain. There will be no more separation. There will be no more dying. There will be no more cancer. There will be no more heart being broken. There will be no evil that will enter into that place. Because there's a perfect place that's been prepared for God's God's precious people. Now, as you get a little older and you start realizing that, you know, I have a few more friends in heaven than I have here. I have more family members there than I have here. I'm now the oldest member of my family here on earth. That's weird. That's weird. Then you begin to have conversations. Conversations like I have with Anna. And that's if one of us goes before the other. Have you ever had that conversation? Have you ever had it? Where you say to your loved one, you know, if uh, I leave here before you, hey, there's a breaker box in the garage. You need to know what switch to throw if the oven doesn't work. Have you not had those conversations? Oh, I have. Honey, if that that microwave doesn't come on, let me show you. Come on out here, look at this breaker box. And she's like, what? And I'm like, open it up. And I'll flip a couple of them kind of, you know, often. And I'll go, which, which ones do you think need to be flipped? And it's kind of like, which one doesn't look like the other? You know, Sesame Street, you know what I'm talking about? And it's like, we have that conversation. I say to her, here's a list of subcontractors. If I were to go home, you can trust these guys, call them, they'll come out. They'll, you know. Because heaven is just a part of our conversation. She'll say to me, well, babe, if I go first, you need to know where the passwords are. I don't know where the passwords are. When it says put in the password, I always click that thing that says forgot your password and get a new password. I don't know. But when you understand that heaven is a real place and that, oh yeah, oh yeah. There's one more part, one more catch to the trip you were given. The one that's paid for, you didn't have to do anything to earn it. Here's the catch. You're not coming back. You're not. For those of you that are a little bit older and your moms and dads are already in heaven, have you ever added up what age they would be if they were still here on earth? Huh. 
And then after you go, I've missed them terribly, but I wouldn't want them here in a sick, frail, somebody else having to take care of their personal needs, 114-year-old body. Am I right? So there comes a time with the ones that you love the most where you say, they weren't meant to stay here. And as much as I want them here, I don't want them here frail, I don't want them here vulnerable, and I don't want them here sick at 103. So here's your job. Dear loved ones, I'm going to a place I didn't pay for. I'm going to see and greet once again people that have gone before me. It is gonna be the most beautiful, awesome place I have ever experienced, and I will meet the one who made it possible and who paid for it for me. And it is the destination that has been my journey most of my entire life. And because I may not be able to formally say goodbye to you at the bottom of a staircase that leads up to a doorway on my private jet transportation experience, I want to tell you now that if you ever want to see and be with me again, you are going to have to come where I am. And the good news is that God is still taking reservations. You never retire in this life. There's no such thing as retirement in the Bible. There's no mention of it, except for the Levitical priesthood who retired from their duties at the age of 50, and then they mentored and coached the younger crew. But there's no one else on this planet that retires because God made us purpose partners with him in his family business. And besides that, if you've retired, <clears throat> you are secretly driving your wife crazy. <laughs> one woman said, my husband's retirement has become my full-time job. <laughs> But your last act on this planet, and you don't know when the trip's going to take, is to make sure everybody you know and love is going to go there one of these days. Amen. That is God's family business that you and I are to be involved in. So I want to encourage you, yeah, I want to encourage you as a child of God, and I want you to hear me out. We've buried a lot of people in our ministry, a lot of people in this church, and they were of all ages. And none of them knew the exact day or time they were going. I hear people say, well, I got a terminal illness and, you know, I'll be in heaven before you. You don't know that. You may outlive all of us. You don't, you don't know when that's going to be. But there is something that is so important and so precious that you can do for your family members. And that is to make sure that every one of them have a reservation to be in that place with you. That every one of them, when it's their time to go, has also asked Jesus Christ to come into their life and to be their Lord and their Savior. Would you stand with me, please? I'm running just a little bit over, but please bear with me just for a minute or two more. 
I want to hope that every one of you that uh, are watching online will share this with a family member or a friend, because I'm about to pray the salvation prayer, that maybe someone who has never made that preparation for that eternal home. You know, there are people that will spend more time on a two-week vacation than they do where they're going to spend all eternity. They'll pack bags and make sure the passport's ready if you need it. Is my driver's license, where's that? Okay, we need this, we need that. Need to think about it. We'll Google where we're going. What's going to be there? We'll get a reservation for that. Where are we going to eat? We're going to sign up for that. And when it comes to where they're going to spend eternity, very little thought is given because it's uncomfortable to talk about it because you've got to be dead <laughs> to get to heaven. So maybe it's going to be easier just for you to share this video. Maybe just share this online. But it sure would be cool as if grandparents... You'd sit down with every one of your grandkids, one-on-one -on -one maybe, and say, I just want to sure, just want to be sure. Pop-Pop wants to know you're going to be in heaven one of these days with me. I'm going to hug you again. I'll see you again. I don't know when I'm going home. I'm trying to scare you, not trying to freak you out. I'm just saying, this is a conversation that God wants us to have. So maybe if it's easier to share this prayer, then do it in any form you need to. But let me pray with you right now. Everyone in the house, would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I'm not counting on anything else or anyone else to give me a home in heaven. I'm trusting you, Jesus. Save me. I partner with you for the rest of my life. I love you with all of my heart. Give me a home in heaven, the best life until I get there. I trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord and that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I want to thank you for that. I want to ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the very first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below this video. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.